Hey, everyone. Thank you so very much for being here. I am excited to be in your ears today, wherever you're at, if you are on a walk or washing your dishes or driving or cleaning. Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for your support by listening. And I just want to remind you and remind myself that the whole reason I am doing this podcast, especially as I shifted into season two, is I want to highlight the people that are living the life that they are defining for themselves. They are being the people that they are meant to be. They're shutting out any of those outside distractions and they are just diving into serving the world that we live in by being themselves. And I love these conversations and it serves me so much too, just being able to recognize that there's no right way to do any of this. And the only right way is what's right for you and what's right for me. And hearing other people's stories just kind of opens my mind up to that week after week. And I hope it does that for you as well. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I am doing a little solo episode and I want to talk about a very specific event recently, kind of this new journey that I was curious about and I tried out. And so it's a very specific thing, but I think the things that I learned from it can be applied to a lot of different areas in our life. So I want to walk through the very first workshop that I hosted based on my personal skill set. <laughs> so I'm just going to get all into it. And again, I think the things that I learned from this and the things that I want to touch on can be applied to so many different areas of our life. So let's dive on in. I'm Emily Kostopoulos, and this is the Stand to Serve podcast, where I interview the makers, the creators, the dreamers that are standing up to serve in the bravest, scariest way possible by being the person they were meant to be no matter what. We're talking about the vulnerability of accepting that challenge, of taking a stand to fill the role you were meant to step into, of overcoming fear and self-doubt and how doing so can change the world we live in. They all have a story to tell and I just can't wait to help tell it. Okay, let's get into this. So just some of the tactical aspects of this, of what I'm going to be talking about. So I have facilitated a lot of different workshops. I've taught around different topics for the Rising Tide Society, and I've helped other people come in and and create their own workshops at the local. So putting on a workshop and event is not new to me. What is new to me is taking something that I do all the time for myself. I have used it in many aspects of my business and taking that and then teaching. I've never done that. I've never used like something that I would consider one of my skills to teach other people that skill. And so the very first takeaway, so I have this broken into three different components. So the first one is mindset. So The first thing that I look back on this experience that I kind of had to shift is my mindset. So I have done hand lettering for a very long time. I remember the first class that I took, I want to say like fourth grade as an after-school program. 
and they had those weird little, they had those weird slanted calligraphy pens. <laughs> so it was kind of the way to cheat with hand lettering. I remember always like doing cursive and like foggy mirrors after a shower. I have always loved hand lettering and I've done a hand lettered quote for every episode of the show. I've done addresses for wedding invitations and all that to say, I've done this a long time. And when I had friends ask me about teaching them or having a workshop, I let my ego kind of creep up a little bit. And because our ego is just trying to protect us. So I think my ego came in and wanted to keep me in my own lane. Because if I branch out into saying, I've been doing hand lettering for so long, and I'm also an expert enough to teach other people, my ego is like, you know, no, 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 you're not. You're not an expert. You literally are just someone who picked up a pen. And it does that to keep us playing small so we don't get hurt. So thank you. Thank you, ego. I have to kind of remind myself that sometimes that all it's trying to do is keep me safe. But the thing with staying in your zone and you know playing safe forever is you never will get to that next level. And you'll never know if you are capable of taking things to the next level. So I think that that's a really important part of this. And I see so much, and I'm this way as well. When I listen to podcasts, like business podcasts, I want tactical tips. I want step-by-step. I want to know how to get things done. And oftentimes I think we ignore the things that you have to do internally to make sure that you can actually get to the point of taking those steps and, and getting things done. And what I mean by that is if I would have approached this and I let my ego kind of stay there of telling me, you're not an expert just because you you know, have been lettering for a long time. Like you're not classically trained. You don't know all the terms. If I would have let that stay and didn't, you know, do the work to address that and I would have moved into this, I think the place I would have approached it from would have been more fear-based. You know what I mean? Or maybe I would have never pulled the trigger to get going on it at all. So I want to leave it at that. The very first takeaway I had is recognizing when I first say, okay, what would it look like to do a hand lettering workshop? Addressing whatever comes up for me first. And in this instant, it was very clear (laughs) to me that I had the fear of like, I shouldn't be putting on a workshop. I'm not an expert. And so addressing that first before doing anything I think can be applied to a lot of different areas of our life, especially when we're jumping into something new or we're following our curiosity or maybe we just want to go learn a new skill set or whatever. Just thinking about what happens first when we ask the question of what that would look like or how could I do that. And I know it's a little more woo and it's not as much of a tactical thing, but it will do so much for you and it did so much for me. And it does so much for me every single day that I think it was the important first step in this podcast. So step one for me is making the mindset shift that I am an expert in this. And 
I can teach people and help people learn or at least get started in a way that makes them feel empowered and in a way that makes them feel encouraged. So this leads me into kind of my second takeaway. So my friend and my mentor, my friend tour, Amy Jo Martin, talks about this on her weekly podcast, Why Not Now? And it all starts with a quote from Julius Caesar, if you want to take the island, you better burn your boat. So I am someone who I have ideas coming in and out of my head so often, so quickly. Sometimes I fixate on an idea for a long time and then I let it go. Other times an idea comes and goes so quickly. I don't even remember it if I don't write it down. I'm just constantly thinking of like new events or new business ideas or a new promotion or a new blog post or some piece of content or whatever. So I am someone that knowing that about myself, knowing I have lots of ideas, if an idea comes up more than once for me, I have to take action in the moment to make sure that I follow through with it. And that's what burning your boat means. So in that moment, the way I burned my boat was by simply looking at my calendar and picking a day. And that's it. I opened up my calendar. I looked at events. My very, you know, it's so hard with like getting people to show up in person, knowing what days are going to work well for people and what aren't. But in that moment, I sat down and looked at my calendar. I chose April 11th and I scheduled the Eventbrite page and I posted it as an event on Facebook. And that allowed me to have the accountability piece that I needed to actually commit to this. So often I think we let ourselves be creative and think of these ideas, but to actually follow through, and again, as Amy Jo says, going from idea to action, to actually follow through with it. Sometimes we need the smallest little thing on our part. I mean, at that time, when I press go, when I press publish, when I press, you know, it is scheduled. At that time, I did not have a plan for what the workshop would look like. I didn't have supplies. I didn't have the framework for it yet. But what I did have is the accountability piece of knowing I am committed to this because it's in my calendar and I just put it out there into the world, which is scary. So sometimes, even though that is the smallest little piece, it is like the tip of the iceberg before all the work of actually getting something done. But I look back on this process and I know that that was a very important time for me to follow through or to follow up with myself, I guess, was just taking that very small, easy effort to just put it in my calendar and make the event before I embarked on all the other work. So that leads me into kind of the last takeaway that I have for this. I put this under the umbrella of results, but as I get into it, I think it'll kind of clarify what I mean here. But so first of all, I mentioned my event was April 11th. I put it in Eventbrite and on Facebook, March 25th, 18 days before my event. And right away, I published to Facebook and right away, I got three messages from people saying, I tried to sign up, Eventbrite's not working. And instantly I went into a panic and I haven't, at that time, I hadn't used Eventbrite very much. 
and they have a great customer support system. But of course, I did this, you know, at nighttime and they're closed. And and so for the next like 12 hours, I Googled everything. I mean, I didn't Google for the next 12 hours. You know, at some point I went to bed, but I Googled and I tried to find out what went wrong and I walked, I retraced my steps and I texted it to my sister like a million times, like, is it working now? Is it working now? <laughs> and for, you know, until the next morning when I could give them a call, I just had this very sinking feeling that I burned my boat and I messed it all up by losing out on that momentum. And I look back at that moment and, you know, I'm learning this about events that people, you know, myself included, we are last minute kind of people and we don't like to commit to things right away. So when I look back and I instantly had three people try and sign up and then it didn't work, I just felt like I instantly had failed by not having a way for them to follow up with their very initial excitement. And of course, the very next day, I figured out my issue and I messaged those three people in crickets and none of those three people signed up right away. So 18 days before the event, I post it instantly. Three people are excited. They try and sign up. They can't. Once I get it fixed, those three people then didn't go sign up. And I just, I mean, it just sucked. I really felt like I messed it up. Thank you to Rock Solid Virtual Assistants for being a sponsor of the Stand to Serve podcast. They have been a part of my business for over a year now. I can't even begin to tell you how much freedom I've felt having them on my team. Megan has been a game changer in my business. She was there when I quit my full-time job to pursue all the things. And I'm here now as she moved across the world to work remotely for the next four months. Curious about that little tidbit? Be sure to tune into episode 25, where Megan and I talk about our very unconventionally rad working relationship. Are you at that tipping point in your business where you're right on the verge of needing more time and resources, but not ready for a full-time employee? Maybe it would change your whole world to have someone else managing your email, your social media, your workflows, your client management tools, so you can focus on what you do best. What else could you accomplish with just a little extra help? If you want to find out, visit rocksolidassistance.com backslash STS for Stand to Serve to schedule a time to chat with Tracy and see how she can become a member of your team. Of course, I am a believer in Gay Hendricks and in the fact that we kind of self-sabotage sometimes. And so I kind of was looking into that, like, did I do this to myself and, you know, all of those things. So all that to say, I had quite a few stories like that where I had people reach out, you know, saying how excited they were and how interested they were and still crickets. And it got to April 1st. Now my event was scheduled for April 11th. So 10 days before, and I didn't have a single ticket sold. And that is like the worst feeling in the world of I put out, I put this thing out there that is very near and dear. It's, um, I heard this quote once and I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but it's like putting out your create, your creative expression is the most vulnerable thing you can do. And that is exactly how I was feeling. Like I've had, I've had so many people 
over you know the years seeing see my hand lettering and it's something that comes very naturally to me it's something i enjoy and i've had a lot of people ask me about classes and teaching them and and then i finally do it and 10 days before my event i don't have any signups and that just sucked so i let myself kind of have this like pity party for a minute and then i realized you know i haven't even touched the surface on this yet and what i mean by that is i think so often we think and I, i'm going to i'm not going to say we so often i feel and i think that everyone knows what i'm doing everyone knows the services that i provide everyone knows the events that i'm doing because i put it out on an instagram post or a facebook event and i just assume that everyone knows but the reality is um you know we have the algorithms of course that limits who sees it and and more importantly, people are not as in tune to what I'm doing as I think they are. <laughs> you know, everyone is really concerned about themselves. And so I I kind of had this, this shift internally realizing like I haven't even really told people I'm doing this yet. And even further, I haven't really explained this from their perspective. So this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. And there's an amazing podcast that I listen to called the Courage and Clarity Podcast. And, and I'll link it in the show notes. But there's a specific episode where she talks about sales. And she talks about how so often we're not selling based on our customer's perspective. We're selling based on our perspective. And what's wrong with that is for me to sell an intro to hand lettering workshop from my perspective, as someone who has been doing this for so long, I will probably miss the mark on what my customer, like the questions my customers have or the questions that might come up for them, or maybe the words I'm using, maybe they don't even understand what I'm talking about if it's something they've never done before. So in that moment, 10 days before I had no signups, I thought about that. And I was like, I I need to just get on Instagram in my stories and just explain what this class would even look like for someone. Because even though it says intro to hand lettering, I think, you know, as humans, we all have egos and we all have that internal voice that says, oh, I'm I'm like not good at this. I've I've never even tried it. I maybe my hand lettering isn't maybe like my normal writing is bad. Maybe <laughs> there's no way I should even do this. So I got on my Instagram stories. I pulled out the pen that we're going to be using and I just talked through a little bit about what makes hand lettering stand out. And so for me, I think the biggest thing that I, when I think of what other people who aren't doing it every day see is what's really pretty about hand lettering is there's those really thin strokes mixed with the very heavy strokes. And I think that's the biggest differentiator between just writing you know, signing your name on a checkbook or something versus hand lettering your name. You know, it's a slower approach. And so I got on my stories on April 1st, 10 days before. And I said that I, you know, kind of walked through it. And I literally had three people sign up right away. And I just can't emphasize that enough. I wanted to go hide <laughs> and just like bury you know, go hide in a hole in that moment of like, oh my God, it's 10 days before my event and I don't have anyone coming. Instead, I thought about, do people even understand what they're getting out of this class? 
do people even know about it yet? I mean, it is one thing to say I put it out on social media so everyone should know, but the reality is people aren't paying attention to us as much as we think they are. And so I had that instant switch of going from feeling bad about it to what can I do because my bur- my boat has been burned. I am putting on this class if it's just me and uh, my mom over phone, I am doing it. <laughs> so what can I do to instantly make this better? And for me, that meant getting on and explaining it in a way that I think people will understand, in a way that it will help them know what it is I'm going to be teaching them. Okay. So let's fast forward. We are two days before the event. I had five people signed up. Between then, between two days before and the day of, I had six more people sign up. Okay. So that is another thing that is just a part of being a service-based entrepreneur or, or product. I mean, whatever it is, it's like if people know they have time, they will use that time. And I haven't quite figured out how to address that. My husband and I talk about it so, so much because it's uh, it's hard to plan things when you don't know if someone's going to show up or not. But 11, um, 11 people I had signed up uh, the day of the event, and then we had a blizzard. And I don't even... Oh God. I mean, I was sitting at the local and I was like watching the weather constantly. I was sending emails out to the guests and I was like, it's still on. We're still going to do it because I'm also very stubborn and I don't want to change my plans based on the weather. I just don't. Cause it's like the weather is a part of where I live in South Dakota and I don't want to not go to something because, you know, we get snow I just want to make sure that I'm safe and I plan ahead and I get there early and give myself plenty of time. But I'm watching it and watching it. People are like, okay, I'm, I'm still going to come. I'm still going to come. And then the city of Sturgis announced that they are were shutting down, meaning their offices were closing. But of course, I instantly got emails like, oh, st- like no travel to Sturgis, like roads are closed. And I was like, oh God, all right. Well, I guess uh, Sturgis decided for me. So I canceled my workshop. Oh my goodness. And I mean, it was the right thing to do because safety first, of course, but I had 11 people to reschedule now. And I I was able to reschedule one day and three people couldn't reschedule. And then I found another day. So the majority of people were rescheduled for May 2nd. And then, I mean, so April 11th to May 2nd, that was a long time. And I have to tell you that between those times, I had 11 more people sign up. And I don't I don't know where those 11 people were when I first announced it. I don't know if that meant that I needed to have more time to give people to think about this, to give people to make plans for it. I needed more time to allow it to show up in people's feeds and see it over and over and give them more time to think about it. I don't know. But but this reminds me of a couple episodes ago, I talked with Carolyn Rose of K Rose Marketing, and she said something very, very powerful. And she said that she tells her team, until people reach out to them because they're annoyed by how much they're posting or how much they're advertising stuff or how much they're saying, talking about their services or talking about their clients, until that happens, they need to do it even more. 
And that is so stinking true because, man, we just live in a world where you can't just throw something out there and it hits everyone. You got to throw it out over and over and over again and give people time to think about it, give people time to see it again and again. And you know, each time you put it out, you're reaching someone new and different. And this is also a good reminder of, you know, sometimes I think this is kind of a tangent (laughs) if this whole podcast isn't a tangent already, but I think sometimes we get upset about the numbers that are associated with us putting things out into the world. So for example, because everyone knows Instagram, we put something out on Instagram and we get, you know, we look at it and we're like, oh my God, that only got 50 likes. Or, wow, that one got 250 likes. Like, what is the difference here? And so sometimes it can be discouraging to post again. So you're like, what if this only gets 50 likes? What if people don't engage with it? But it's a reminder that if it's only 50 people that like it, maybe one of those 50 people didn't see it before and they are someone who converts. And it's just, this whole thing is a good reminder that we have to keep putting it out there. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's hard, even if you feel like there's no way people don't know I'm doing this event, I talk about it so much, there is still someone who doesn't know about it. So it's just so interesting to look back on all of the feelings I had during this whole workshop process, and especially when we got to the results aspect of it, of seeing how many people signed up so last minute. I finally hosted the workshop. Today is May 10th, so eight days ago we did it. I had 17 women in there, and it was amazing. And it was so awesome to see how many people have never had exposure to this, how many people were able to really like hone in and and get it and understand that it really is all practice. And, And I already have another one scheduled for May 23rd. For those other people, we had to reschedule for the blizzard. So I just want to share that story with you in the hopes that maybe there is something you've been thinking you wanted to do, whether that is put a new product out there, whether that's to start a side gig, whether that's to host a workshop of your own. If it comes back to you over and over again, I would encourage you to work on the internal stuff there of why you haven't done it yet, of really asking the question and diving into the answer of what is holding you back from moving forward. And then once you've addressed that, burn your boat and just put it out into the world. And then approach the results with grace and understand that the numbers we put way way too much stress on the numbers. But the reality is, whether you have one person show up for you or a hundred, we have to look at each of those numbers as an individual who likes what you're doing and wants to support it and wants to come learn from you, wants to buy your product. And we really have to approach the results from a completely different foundation, really, And I know that's hard in the society we live in where numbers are everything. I mean, the number on our salary, the number of clients we book, the number of widgets we sell are all so important. But when we're embarking on a new journey and we're looking to explore our curiosity, we just can't let the numbers be the ending definition of success. I 
truly believe with my whole heart that the times that I have made the biggest growth in my life, in this journey of really diving into what it is I am meant to do here, I believe I have made the biggest steps when I have followed my curiosity. And I want to encourage you as well, if there is anything that comes up for you during this show of something that you have been wanting to try out or something that you have been wanting to do or make or sell or whatever, I want to just be someone that can encourage you along the way. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. If you send me an email, there are links to all of that over on standtoserve.com. And if you go to the show notes for this episode, I have also created a little freebie download that maybe can just help you take the first steps towards following that idea of first working on you know, the internal stuff that comes up, then burning your boat, and then understanding that the results are going to mean something different for you. If you want some help on just getting started, I have a little freebie over there that I hope can be just that, a way to get started for yourself, a way to kind of burn your first boat of exploring that idea. If you liked this episode, if you could do me a huge and very quick favor, I would be so grateful. If you are listening to this in iTunes, which I'm sure most of you are, if you are listening to it on your phone, if you could head over to Stand to Serve on iTunes and just leave us a review, it means so much. It allows this podcast to get out in front of other people who may also want to be encouraged by this message of there's no right way to do any of this. All right, friends, thank you so very much for being here. And I look forward to connecting with you about your idea or helping in any way that I can and giving you my support. Mm -hmm.